Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Mr. Austin Jinx in the house. What's up? You've been here once before, but you never made it into Stoney's. Nope, this is the first time inside the doors. Pretty cool place, huh? Man, it's amazing. It's a lot bigger than I knew, that I thought. You know, I saw the building before, but it's huge. Right, when you look from outside, it's deceiving. Yeah. Super deceiving. Yeah. And that dance floor will be filled with people tonight, like, dancing to your music. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I know when I walked in here, I was like, do we know any two-step songs? <laughs> yeah, dude, they'll two-step to anything. What's super neat is we take our, um, our go-go girls, yeah. and when you guys go on, we take them out of the boxes and put them on the floor, because they know all the line dances, right. two-step waltz, everything like that. So they kind of... They run the floor in a sense. Yeah. So you'll have the people that are fans up front and the back of the dance floor. Right. A few people dancing. So it's kind of cool. That's cool, man. Super neat. Yeah, I was asking him out there how long uh, the range is on the microphone. Right. See if I could get up in one of those go go cages. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You won't. Dude, I will open that door for you. <laughs> I know that you run with the uh, with the Cadillac Three Boys, and that seems like something that they would do. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, and then you can tell me about um, your relationship with them because it's from what you just told me is pretty cool. But our go-go boxes, um, the chain link around them, yeah, and the wooden pieces, those didn't used to be there. Yeah. So the first time they played here, I went to Chris downstairs. I said, "Dude, look at this video." Yeah, and it was from the South. If you go back and watch the video for the South, yeah, their girls were in cages just like that. Totally, yeah, I remember that. So that's where that kind of came from. So when they were on stage, Jaron kind of like goes out there. And he's like, dude, we like in the middle of the show, he's like, we love those fucking cages. He goes, we love them. My wife don't, but we love them. And they went right <laughs> back into their music again. It was kind of funny, but that's, that's why awesome, they were, man. I think legit, we were probably supposed to only have those up there for that show. Yeah. But Chris and I are the only ones in the whole place that loved them. Yeah. Everyone else was like, dude, it's degrading. It's this. I'm like, dude, it's fucking, what are you talking about? It's badass. People it's can't put the drinks. man. Dude, it's dude. That that is honky tonk at its finest. Definitely can't throw anything at the girls. Can't set your beers in there. They right. don't spill stuff on them. They can't yeah. be touched. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Let's that's uh, cool. let's go back to um, your uh, Cadillac three tie here. Yeah, well, man, I I moved to Nashville about seven years ago. Now I'm from the Northwest originally, and um, I just you know met a guy that was a manager at the time in Nashville and. He, uh, it's funny, he actually manages Carly Pierce now, um, but it was just through a friend of a friend, and I went down there for two weeks to write songs and see if I liked it. I just graduated from school. and Right. Um, yeah, Neil was the first person I met in town, first person I ever co-wrote a song with in my life, and then I was telling him I was thinking about moving down there, and he was like, well, hit me up before you do, and so I gave him a call about you know, a month and a half before I moved down. And he was like, well, my roommate's moving out. You want to move in? Um, and was and so, that. Yeah, man. I just, I moved in there. I stayed there for about two months. And then my girlfriend, who's now my wife, moved down from Seattle. And then we lived with Neil for three and a half years. And um, he got me my first publishing deal. And he's actually, Neil is my manager now. Um, and he's just been like... He's one of the hardest, he is the hardest working person I know, without I, a doubt. I, I, I said something earlier about like the the way that they take their music to a whole nother level, and they do. They're passionate about it. They're, I mean, anything that goes on in their life, for my interaction with them, has been nothing but top-notch. Priority yeah. one is what they're doing. They've been doing it for, you know, a good bit. And right. And they, 
I don't know. They've done a lot of different things. They've been all over the world. They've worked with all different kinds of people. And they, you know, if, like yourself, anybody that you talk to that's work with them, it's like you get this smile on your face. Yeah. Like, Those guys are badasses. You know, it's like they'll give you a hard time, but then they'll always, like, give you their best no matter what. They're, they, um, <clears throat> I have a little fun story with them. They, they played here. I told you about the issue that we had with a little bit of the sound and them blowing out a circuit and everything like yeah. that. Well, um probably about six months after that they played for a radio station here uh like a country fest thing or something yeah. like that and i took my girlfriend i took um our kid with us and uh i took my daughter up on the stage to introduce because they're like dude you like they had dan and shay was a headliner right so you put those two bands together that, that's just <laughs> we're talking about two totally different so different yeah. yes way way different but so i went up on stage to inter- introduce them and it was kind of funny i told the story and then i'm like looking out of the crowd and i'm like dude this is not their crowd there just really is not their crowd. Like people were there to see Dan and Shay, right. but they had so much fun. And unlike yeah. the pre-show, dude, they kept calling them Shay and Dan, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And every, you know, you get that heckler in the back going, "It's Dan and Shay," and they're like, "Dude, it's a joke." You yeah. know, they just had so much fun. I have some video of them on my phone from that thing, and I was showing them when they were here, and it was, yeah. he was like, "Whoa, we forgot about that. That was yeah. pretty funny." But they like fit in wherever, just because yeah. they're that. I, I, trying to think of the word they they just really trust in themselves that much and they have yeah. that much confidence in what they're doing and i want to say that i listened to some stuff that was a little bit older of yours and then now i listen to the newer stuff dude in yeah. my head get out of here that's like probably the raddest song i've heard in a dude, long time thank and you, man. same beer love that tune dude, ride is the one that hooked me but right then i started away, yeah. listening to ever you know started listening to all the other stuff and the guy that played after you at our tailgate was here today i had lunch with them stevie Mons. Stevie, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah dude um you got off, and he went on. He filled in for Jimmy Allen. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that's what was going down. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Allen, His he was here, but his throat was screwed up, so he couldn't sing. Oh, man. Um, but when I got up on stage, I was like, had nothing but great things to say about you, and I have this little hashtag for Stevie Mons. It's fuck Stevie Mons. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, dude, this guy that just got done playing, awesome, awesome, awesome. I said, well, I apologize, Jimmy Allen can't play, but we got this next guy coming up here. I'm not a big fan of him. You might be. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, but I have dude. so much fun with Stevie. And, um, yeah. I learned that you guys, through Cadillac 3 and what you do and Hannah and everyone, and yeah. I, I'm sure there, there's probably a, a dozen more bands I don't know, that you guys are tight-knit circle that yeah, everyone r- runs with in Nashville. Yep. You think that's what, what, what does Nashville so good for you, is, it, is your group? It's amazing, man. Like, being from, you know, like, my whole band here with me today is guys I grew up with in Northwest. I'm from right outside Seattle, and um, a big reason, like... At the time when I left the Northwest is because I was looking for, you know, kind of a future. And right. uh, I felt like I'd been playing for a long time. And I had people coming out to see me play, but it was just, I didn't know where it was going to go, you know. And Nashville is, you know, it's not easy acclimating to doing things exactly the way that Nashville does things. If you're not from there, right. or particularly if you're not from the South, you know, and don't know a whole lot about country music in general um and but the thing that i'll say about it is that everybody takes you in like you're one of their own immediately doesn't matter who you are where you're from what kind of music you play they're just like oh you're here for music let's be friends you know and it's competitive in the sense that everybody's asking like what you got going on you know who you writing with well you know what how many shows you got coming up like that kind of thing but everybody really has each other's back in the sense of like we're all trying to do this crazy thing you know right. called music and, and, and get paid make it a life yeah and make you know pay bills doing it and 
that's something that you can't get, you know, really anywhere else. I think. When you were home growing up, what what kind of music did you play? Uh, like, well, it was a combination of a lot of things. My dad played, and so you know, classic rock, southern rock is what I was hearing. A lot of Joe Walsh and uh, Steve Miller, Tom Petty. Course, Skinnerd, right? Was the top of that list. Um, we got Artemis Pyle coming here right after the first of the year. No shit, dude, that's amazing. Interesting show in this venue, so it'll be it'll be different. Yeah, is he bring two drummers? I don't, dude. I, I, I know he usually looked, plays with two drummers. I didn't look at the writer. I'm like for the stage <laughs> plot or nothing. I'm just was more like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> that's amazing, man. It's gonna be an interesting show. Yeah, but, but go ahead. No, I, uh, I I grew up playing at church uh, when I. Got to my freshman year of college. I uh, I went on a, a trip with some friends in Mexico, maxed out my credit card to go, and uh, there were some pictures of me on Facebook just curled up around a toilet. And you had I, a good time. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. And when I came back, you know, it was uh, just one of those situations where I, you know, I was a like a worship leader, and and they they were kind of just like, man, you know, it's it's not that we're trying to judge you. It's just that like if you're gonna be you know, a leader in this thing, you like, can't be, you can't be doing that, you know? And, <laughs> um, so at that point in time, I kind of, uh, stopped playing, you know, just in the church and started a band and it was like all different kinds of people. One of the guys was from the church that I grew up in. And then my music teacher actually played saxophone in the band. Oh, and wow. Were you always had, a singer? Yeah. Okay. And I had mandolin and, um, you know, we're kind of a jam band. That was a big thing up right. in the Northwest. And then, you know, when the Zach Brown band came out, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is country, but this is also really musical, you know, all the instrumentation and stuff like that. And I'm a big Kings of Leon fan. And Dude, their um, story. Yeah. It's their stories. It's insane, man. They Dude, let's start a band. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play anything. Cool, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those guys, man, like... They did all kinds of things. They did country music. They did, right. you know, a little bit of everything. And I feel like, for me at least, I had to really try everything to get just to the point right now where, like, I have a record done. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, late night phone calls with Neil in particular talking sure. about, like, what songs, what's the sound. and While he's um, on the road? Yeah. 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 And, you know, and it's, it's not... Uh, I think ever uh done you know you never just are who you are you're always trying to grow and stuff Dude, like you that. have to but i think you have to adapt to where where your life is heading yeah completely yeah have you toured with them at all yeah yeah how, how, how did that go i wouldn't say that your guys's sounds are i mean which is a good thing I yeah mean, no it's definitely a little different um you know you'll see a little bit tonight now that i have the band with me it's a little bit more like rocking right than when i was playing acoustic uh I got to tell you a story about that. They wanted to bring you back. Your whole group, everybody wanted to bring you back and open for Cadillac 3 when when they played here last time. Yeah, I remember we were talking about that. Yeah, I was the guy that said no. And you know why? (laughs) Do you know why? (laughs) I've already seen you with your guitar. Yeah. I was like, went to Chris. I'm like, dude, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, I want to bring this whole band out here and get the experience of who Austin Jenks really is versus... The acoustic thing that everyone already grew to know. I can tell you that there's people that, that saw you at... Um, at the tailgate we had, and the minute yeah. they saw that you were playing here, like the excitement just just grew, which is kind kind of cool. But that's crazy. Man. Don't get mad at me for that. But I mean, no, I, not I, at I, all. Dude. I did it for selfish reasons. I dude. think, in a sense, for I wanted to see you with your whole band because 
I don't. We we ended up having a little three piece that opened for him, and I want to say one of the guys is from here. I forgot who it was, but I, I just think the justice of you playing with your whole band at Stoney's is what Dude, it's all about. I just can't believe you remember me playing. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, you <laughs> it know, was such a weird day, like flying in and. I saw Stevie, and then uh, the low cash guys were here, and yeah. I was just telling Kevin, uh, who's running front of house for me tonight, like how weird it was being in Las Vegas with all these people from Nashville. Yeah, you know, just being in a new place with a bunch of faces that you recognize. It it was interesting because I've been to Vegas before. You know, came here for my twenty first birthday and right. all that kind of stuff, and. Um, I always say Vegas is not a good town for me to be in, and I'm not that crazy, really. Like, uh, I don't, I don't drink a ton. I, I like beer and I like whiskey, and um, but there's something about Vegas that whole idea of like you can do anything you want to do, and it's all readily available yeah, twenty four seven. Is not the best. Well, for me. I think, yeah, <laughs> you can't have an addictive personality and survive in this town very long. That's for no, sure. You no, can't. No. There's just there's just too much out there to to pull you. When we look at our tailgate the first year, we've only done it two years. We're not doing it again um, Yeah, this coming year. Uh, yeah. But the first year we did it, we learned something. that been to a lot of festivals in my day growing up. I was in a yeah. different genre of music before I, 11 years ago when I started hanging yeah. out with Chris. But it was yeah. kind of like... Uh, we I've learned that when I when I go to these things, the bands are in the back. They come in, they do their thing, and they leave. They really don't hang out too much. But I we went to... Um, Loud and Heavy Fest with Cody Jinks, Whitey Morgan, and all that. Uh, yeah. Those dudes all just hang out, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Here, uh, like you noticed, everyone just kind of like was chill and cool. We just yeah. The second year, we made the backstage bigger because the first year, everyone just stayed and hung out and had a good right. time and shot the shit. And um, you, I mean, the familiar facing is kind of what we wanted to bring him yeah. was, dude, you guys are coming out here for ACM. You're not getting paid what you would normally get paid in right. a sense it's for a cause you know yeah. lifting lives and all that kind of stuff it was it was kind of a cool event the vibe yeah. was cool everybody seemed pretty cool i wish that we would have been twenty thousand people there right but yeah that's the only thing that we missed <laughs> no i mean and that's a that's a really crazy thing uh my buddy cody in the band actually runs a festival up in the northwest called chinook fest and he got lucky a couple times. Uh, well, not lucky. He was smart, but he booked like Sturgill oh, yeah. beforehand. You know, got him for like two grand, and then it was like between the time he booked him and he came is when he did did his like television debut. Right. So it just like blew, blew up. up. And but like the timing of all that is is close to impossible. And the, and he's had people that he's you know tried and missed out on too. You know, and, sure. Um, but I can only imagine you know day in day out trying to figure out how you're going to get people in the door. I mean, there's obviously people here that want to go listen to country music. Yep. There's people that want the country experience. You know, people from all over the world are here every day. Um, but, you know, the music, what I like about what you guys are doing is that you're focusing on the music, and that's not something that I've felt in Las Vegas at yeah. all. I, I feel like it's almost a byproduct always. Like the, you know. You have the residencies here of the people yeah. that, and that's what, what's what's tough about Vegas. One of the reasons why we built Country AF Radio is because there's an avenue. Like where you're at, if you ask me, I think that, that me personally, I believe you have three tracks right now that could be on terrestrial radio today. And yeah. the, I mean, that doesn't go true with every artist, but like Stevie Mons, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> But if 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 you look at artists that have singles, I mean Jimmy Allen, best shot. I mean we we played that almost two years ago. Yeah, and I just sit back and I'm like, Russell Dickerson's played here nine times. Yeah, 
and we we sold this place up two times before yours even hit radio. Wow. It's taking an artist building. Yeah. And that's what we like to do. We find a good artist and we bring him back. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's no mistake that you're back here with your full band. I mean, I literally went to the tailgate. I, I mean, I like John Party and Kip Moore. Yeah. Um, but I was more into watching the Mitchell Ten Pennies, the Austin yeah. Jenks, um, um, the Jake Rose. Like yeah. I, I was so into that. But I've always been that guy. I've yeah. always been the guy that likes the indie band versus that once they make it and they completely change. Yeah. I just and it seems like with country I can like the Cadillac 3 forever cuz they're never they're going to be who they are. Always. And country music seems to be that way. Yeah. You, you you made mention of the people that like to uh um <laughs> follow other artists and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think yeah. of this whole I love this question. <laughs> pop, this whole pop country thing. Are you a, are you a fan? Are you uh are well, you That's really interesting because it, it really at my roots, I'm not like a purist by any means when it comes to the specific genre of country. Right. But I am a purist when it comes to the idea of music in general being kind of like a, I'm going to get a little spiritual, but just kind of a vessel for uh, people to feel something and sure. to, you know, I think it can be healing. I think it can be fun too. Uh, and I think it's interesting if you think about you know, a Tom Petty song or any like a pop punk song or a rap song. Like I'm not a big rap song, a rap fan at all. It's just because I didn't grow up with it. And right. it was always really heavy to me. And then I had a lot of my uh, uncles and people that I knew that were older kind of teaching me what music was that would just bash on rap all the time. So they'd call it crap and you know, all that kind of thing. So, you know, bands like outcast or, uh, you know, there's a couple rappers from Seattle area that when all that like backpacker hip hop, you know, <laughs> hiker hip hop, whatever yeah. hip hop started coming up, like I was in college and I became a fan of that. But um, th I guess that would be my biggest disconnect with where pop country has been because I didn't grow up listening to rap. Right. And so, um, but I'll tell you at the same time, like when Cruise came out, I loved it. Right. You know, and I didn't necessarily love every song that came after it that sounded exactly like it. But when that song came out, I really loved it. And it's the same thing like, uh, everybody want to steal my girl. Everybody want to, uh, what's it? Uh, the boy group from One Direction. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, like yes. when that song came out, yes. you know, I'm, totally not the guy that you think is just like a boy band fan but when that song came out the first time i heard it in the radio i was just like god this feels so great and it, it because it came out at a time where there wasn't anything like that right on the radio and so it's it's hard to answer that question of what do i think about pop country there's a lot of it that you know i think is uh derivative of itself sure and that's fine but to me when it gets to the point where it doesn't have soul or some kind of like human connection a meaning that's, a story yeah that's yeah. where i kind of get lost and you know that's just me i mean but it's not necessarily about it all lumped into one thing and i think you know five six years ago when it all you know kind of started blowing up um I definitely was a little more like opinionated about it, but now that I've been in Nashville for 
you see that five just... six years writing songs every day and right. I've re- tried to write some of those songs learned very quickly that I'm not the best at it um, you know but um, I have my favorite yeah. story with that CJ Solar you know him yeah I know CJ yeah. so um, first time he ever met Morgan Wallen was here at Stoney's they played together oh really totally cool just just to watch that whole thing yeah unwrap itself but i was back in nashville a couple months ago and hanging out with cj went and saw him at the wild horse and he played up down yeah and i was like dude not not you not yeah you. just i mean but i go back to seeing and it takes stuff like that for me to to really like um i've never been a huge fgl fan i just, just yeah i never understood it um yeah i've seen him live at like the acms they're 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 amazing live. Yeah. Like dudes can sing, they've got talent. I just never I wouldn't go buy their C D. Yeah. I just I listen to their music. Um, I give everything a chance over and over again. I go back to my Sam Hunt story where I, I mean I listened to him in the beginning, was like, dude, this is not <laughs> you know, I'm out. Yeah. And then I I watched that <laughs> I I watched that video or the audience thing that's on T V and got to know him. Right. And realized that it probably wasn't fair for me to make the judgment. And then I literally listened to Behind the Pines from the beginning to the end from here on a four or five hour drive to San Diego over and over and yeah. over again. It was like, dude, this guy's pretty badass, man. Yeah. He's a talented individual, that's for sure. Well when I when I moved to Nashville, man, that was all you know, I think it was uh January of December uh, of two thousand eleven. And it was just crazy because I'd only been in town for like a month and a half and Neil and them with Cadillac 3 were playing up in Knoxville with Florida Georgia Line. All right. And I remember going up there, and there was not a ton of people at the bar. There was probably about 50 people. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I have not seen those guys in person since because six months later, Cruise was the biggest Boom. song in the world. Yeah. And I remember them talking about it, how they had a record coming out and how some of them were doing well online and it was about to go to radio. And at the time, honestly, I didn't know anything. Sure. I'd, I'd so only green. been in town for right. yeah a few weeks. and But it was a good thing for me to see because I realized that it's all about, you know, perception in a way. People say that, you know, it's you, you, you could... Uh, catch somebody at a certain time you know like you hear stories about people seeing zeppelin before they were big and walking out you know and just being like man right it wasn't for me yeah and and (laughs) it's uh it's a very time and place type of thing and the difference between recorded music coming through your speakers or your headphones compared to live and what it takes sometimes to go from being a recording artist to being a live artist and then vice versa being somebody who you know for me i've always felt like i'm i've been a good live performer i've always felt confident in that and it's taken me a long time to figure out how to record things that i was happy with that i felt like represented me right and this is really like the first time like i I got an album coming out in march and i've been putting these singles out and feeding them like perfect oh (laughs) i'm trying to man a lot of that's you know having help but definitely i mean um, dude you can only get better by by being around people they're gonna yeah elevate what you're doing that's for sure but it's uh it's not as easy as it all seems, and sometimes we make it harder than it has to be, you know. Because, Stubborn? Yeah, definitely, man. And But I try to keep it, you know, like like here, another example is Drake. Like, I don't listen to Drake. I don't get it. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, I don't know. And I've had so many friends be like, it's the best thing ever. There's so many people in Nashville. Is that the Kiki song, too? 
Uh, I don't even know what that is. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Whatever. <laughs> I, I have a ten-year-old. Come on, man. <laughs> I could be. I could be way off, but I don't. I don't. <laughs> but what you know? I've read some articles on on where the industry is, and you know how important it is to put out more music than ever, and how you can put something out that's great and three months later people will have something else great and so you need to have something else ready or you yeah. can put something else out that everybody hates and they'll forget about that too sure you don't have to worry about that whereas it's back in change. the day like you had to make albums that belonged right. in a museum and <laughs> you know and that's what you were creating this thing that was going to live forever and it's tough for me because that's where I come from and that's what I want, you know, so badly. I want to make this music that people are going to just like be so touched by that they're going to listen to it for 50 years. And I think the only way nowadays to do that is to be an artist that gets out in front of people and plays all the time. Uh, yeah. I and, mean, that's got to be fun. You have to like love to do that Yeah, and love to be on the road and your wife has to support it. Yeah. You have kids? Yeah, I do. I have a two year old yeah. daughter. Okay. And, um, that's an interesting little kind of full circle thing too, man. I, you know, I was on the voice five years ago. I remember that when I got off the show, I played a bunch of shows and signed a publishing deal. The first one and just kind of, you know, rode that wave as much as I could. And, um, I was writing five days a week and really, I think I wrote so many songs that i wasn't quite sure if I would ever want to sing them and at a certain point in time I didn't have a whole lot of shows so I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't know what kind of songs I liked and what kind of songs I hated and because uh, it had been a while since you've been out playing yeah, yeah yeah after you know a couple of years after the the voice and um how far did you get in that I was in the top 10 okay yeah and I was on Blake's team and uh you still talk to Blake today no no not at no. all I got his phone number and his email address but I've never really right you know tried to be the guy that's uh I'm like, i figure if he needs to get a hold of me he would. he'll get a hold of you yeah. he'll get a hold of you but um but no i i really after the first publishing deal i had and the funny story about how that went away i, I bought a new dodge ram i was so excited because i had like a colt ford cut morgan wallen had cut american knights and i was like yeah they're gonna extend my option for sure you know i was about a month away from the deal extending and right. bought a new truck backed it into a tree found out my wife was pregnant and then the next week found out the company was being sold and i had no more paychecks coming oh. in no more publishing deal and it was like that was in like march you know and the baby was due in august and it was about you know a year and a half later that i actually got to sign another publishing deal and so in that time in between I had a lot of time to really think about how I was going to do it and what was important to me. And I was taking meetings and everybody I was talking to, I was like, I don't want to be on the road. I don't want to play shows. Uh, I have a baby coming. I want to focus on writing songs for other people. Right. And, you know, I, nothing was really happening from me going around talking about that. And the baby came and it just kind of hit me where I'm happiest is on stage performing and it was definitely a conflicting feeling um, well, because I don't want to be away. To, yeah, you want to be home to be a dad, yeah. a husband, yeah, provide. Yeah. It's like a, trying to find that happy place. Yep. That, what's your daughter's name? Ravenna. Ravenna. Yeah. Spell that. 
R-A-V-E-N-N-A. Oh, that's kind of a cool name. Where'd that yeah. come from? It was a song from a metal band that ah. I called around in high school. <laughs> That'll work. That'll yeah. work. But, no, man, and my wife is, like, extremely supportive. Her parents moved down and lived with us for six months. To Nashville when, yeah, when the baby was yeah, born? Yeah, and helped How take cool care of the that? baby while I was on the road. And then they just bought a house in Nashville, and so they've been there. So they packed up their stuff from? They were in Washington. They were living in Iowa for a little while, and then they moved to, to Nashville. Nashville. What part of yeah. Nashville are, are you in? Do you? We're right by the airport. Okay. So it's, like, literally a mile from the right. runway. That's kind of so, cool. Yeah, it's a, a $6 Uber. <laughs> you know <laughs> that by dollars. hand. Yeah. When, when you moved to Nashville, did you do the the whole Broadway thing where you played on Broadway, or were you the guy that didn't play on Broadway? Maybe I did it one time for like a half an hour, not even for a full four-hour set. There was a buddy that was just playing, and, and right. he was like, you should come play some songs. We did like, you know, I don't know, Skinner and ACDC, and then I was like, I'm never doing this again. And right. it's just timing, you know. I, I think that at the time I wanted to write songs, and I had also been doing a lot of that up in Seattle before I moved. I had been doing like three-hour cover gigs, and my ironically, my whole idea of moving to Nashville was to quit playing covers, and then I got on right. The Voice, and it was the biggest stage you could sing covers on. <laughs> How did how did that all unfold? Like, did they find you? Did you apply for that? Or What's really funny is, Again, full circle. I was working in a warehouse with Kelby, uh, driving a forklift. Get out! And uh, wow. and Jaron's wife, Evan, works for ASCAP, and she hit me up and was like, "Do you want to try out for The Voice?" And I was like, "Yeah." So Evan actually got me my audition on The Voice. And so you audition, and then um, someone liked you, and so they send you in for to audition in front of the actual panel. Then uh, they have other producers that are like they travel around. Right. So there was like. We did American Idol thing here where we yeah. took uh, whoever won and got a gold ticket to go perform and represent Vegas in that yeah. sense. And we did it here at Stoney's. That's awesome. I didn't come out for it. We had a soccer tournament with the kids. Yeah. But, but it's just kind of like, um, I was curious like how they how they find, too. So you've actually been tied to these guys for quite a while. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, when you tour, do you, do, you, do you like to, like, do you have a, um, a special place that you like to go? Do you like the West Coast versus Midwest versus South versus East? Do you have a, a place that you that you've other than the fact that home is Northwest? Yeah, is no, I mean I've really just started touring, you know, East Coast, and I, I've loved that because it feels new. Right. Um, I was just up in uh, upstate New York with John Langston, and that was really really cool. He had like, never yeah. been there before either. Right. And it was it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, being from the Northwest, it's beautiful there in the summertime. So touring there, it's funny to hear about guys playing like Watershed at the Gorge back yeah. in Nashville. Because I'm like, man, that's where I grew up going to see Dave Matthews and Tom Petty and Warp Tour. And Pearl Jam. And Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw them like three times, man. Uh, actually, my first tour I was ever on, I was 17, uh, opening for a Christian band. And we got to Colorado, and Tom Petty and Pearl Jam were playing together at the Pepsi Center. Oh, wow. And I remember... <sighs> They, I ran out of money. I was literally 17. We went to that show, and the next day I called my mom, and I was like, I need you to fly me home because I don't have enough money to get home. Right. <laughs> she take care of you? Yeah, she, she, she got you home? Yeah. I've seen Tom Petty once. I saw him. I want to say he was out with the Grateful Dead. It was when I saw him because the Dead used to play out here at the outdoor. Oh, Sam wow. Boyd a lot. I mean, I saw... Um, 
um, Steve Miller band opened for them. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was never a Deadhead kind of right. fan, but I just love the opening bands. And yeah, PJ I've probably seen seven, eight times. That's so cool. Right? Yeah, they they were they were always fun. I would, Matt Cameron broke out of the band, the drummer, for right. a while, and like did his own little thing. And he played yeah. a little shitty bar here in town called the Boston. I went and saw that. That was yeah. interesting to see. But yeah, I'm always the guy that like. I don't like the single. I like listening to the whole album. So when players like branch off and do other things, yeah. speaking of that, you were talking about Zach Brown. He's actually, I know they just started a tour. We're doing some stuff down in Laughlin with them. Oh, um, nice. They're playing, I want to say March 16th down like there. Like a river run? Or? I don't think it's, it might not be river run. They're actually playing at the Laughlin Event Center. And okay. um, I'm trying to think who's opening for him, but I'm having a total brain fart. But Sir Roosevelt, what, what, like, did you soak that up and think that it was any good? Or um, yeah, well, I actually write with uh, Nico Moon, who uh, is the other guy in Sir Roosevelt. Okay, and uh, he he had written. I uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Homegrown before they started that. Right, and he was just coming to nashville to like start writing and i just really liked him like i've I've written with him like two or three times and his vibe is like it's pretty cool coolest guy ever i like, dug the servo sir roosevelt stuff it took me a little bit to really understand the correlation of him yeah um but i guess like i want to say that i read something online about his history yeah and uh i actually went to southern grounds when i was in oh, nice. nashville and went in there because you know tony jackson uh yes he yep. was recording in there and we okay. happened to know his manager pretty well invited us down so we like went in and w- walked in that in that studio and i yeah. was like holy sh- this place is badass because it just has so much like like yeah age and yeah the spanish tiles downstairs yeah. were pretty dope and i've never been in there but they know everybody and i've heard stories of just how they hang out in there and just jam and right I the room a, yeah. dude the room is beautiful i heard a recording one time of it was like nico zach and amos lee we're just like writing a song, and uh, like Amos Lee went freestyle and like rapped, really, or something. And I was just like, "This is the coolest thing." Like, I don't know. They, I don't know them at all. Like I said, I, I just wrote with Nico a handful of times, but I've met a few people like Drake White and right. handful of people that do know them. And everything I've heard is just like, you know, I've always just been a huge fan, and it just the way they go about their business and their music. From yeah. afar, just as an outsider, I just always thought they were really cool. It seems like they're doing it right in a sense that they could di- disappear for a while yeah. and come back out and just the the want and yeah. everything. Um, they're existing in their own world, right? You know, within you know, I guess the the bracket of country music. Yeah, they got at the their same time. I, it's they might be in their own genre of country yeah, music. I would yeah, think, which is kind of cool. What do you think of Hootie coming back? Darius Rucker bringing back the <laughs> I think band. That's awesome, man. I saw something online today. They're playing T-Mobile Center here, which is, yeah. I want to say, 18, 19,000 seats. And like, yeah. there's a big thing out there where people are, do you think they'll sell it out? And I'm like, dude, Hootie's like a monster, man. That album, like, dude. That album is one of the highest selling albums of all time. 25 million copies or yeah. something crazy like that. And then you've got Darius, who's on his own, that, that kills it in yeah. country. Homegrown Honey was probably one of my favorite songs yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. I love the beat. I love the hook. such a good voice, man. Yeah. I... I just wrote with another guy that that wrote some of the Hootie songs, actually. Way he, back, yeah, yeah. And his name is Philip Lamans, and we just wrote one time. But, um, you know, and he's buddies with like Edward McCain and all that, you know, <laughs> that whole crew. That's and funny. I love that. I grew up on that stuff. My mom had that CD forever. Which like, one? Uh, the Hootie, the Hootie Crack one. Rearview Mirror, or yeah. whatever, and that Sean Mullins, and and then she listened to Garth a lot too. 
Right. So, Edwin McCain. Um, I listened to. He was on like uh, our college radio station here before Al B came out, and he had a single. Oh, wow. I, I don't remember what it was, but I liked it. Well, he came and played the Hard Rock here, so I bought tickets, dude. I was sitting, I want to say, in the second row, dead center. Wow. And then Al B came out like three weeks before that. So the show ended up selling out, and I'm up front, and I'm like, dude, this was like one of those things <laughs> where timing, man. timing was crazy. And then yeah. Al, Al B comes out, and then I never heard from him again. But right. um, like loved him, Sean Mullins loved. I mean, that whole era of music, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. I super enjoyed. Me too, man. And I, I, I don't know. I see a lot of these bands coming back around and going on tour, and I'm kind of excited for some of them. Like, I'll go see Hootie. I yeah. think that will be fun because... They, they, I mean, he never really had a name. Yeah. To me, he was always Hootie. So he could come out as Darius Rucker yeah. as a country guy. No one would know. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, it's so vocally centered there. That's why I like it. It's yeah. all about the melodies and just like the the, they can write. the soul behind it, you know. He, so when I when I watched that Sam Hunt show, there was another one. It was on Darius Rucker, and they interviewed him, too. And he's an interesting character. His, his history was pretty cool as well. I love those shows where... That's why I always like to start out and find out where you came from and what got got you started and and um, the timing thing. We had Luke Combs in here. Oh yeah, um, paid him five hundred bucks. That's awesome. <laughs> and Hurricane had just hit the highway. Wow. So I mean, that's how long ago that was. And uh, Brett Young, I met yeah. at um, a country show and through some friends he came up he's like you're the guy that runs stonies i'm like yeah what's up like that and he's yeah. like dude i'm gonna be in town for miss america on sunday i'd love to play your venue on a saturday i've heard great things i'm like what do you need he's like two grand i'm like cool monday morning number one song <laughs> 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 that show was like uh i think we booked it like eight to ten weeks out wow and i was like dude let's do it let's have some fun and that's the kind of stuff that we like to do here is like yeah. play with fire and every now and then you get burnt and every now and then right. you get lucky so yeah I mean, we I, we learned a lot from the tailgate stuff. We enjoy doing it. It's fun. We we um, you you made mention of music first for us. Like yeah. Chris will always make the statement of um, it's about the relationship first yeah. because the relationship will go a long ways. Yeah. And we're learning that as we do what we do here, our reputation has come out as we're very hospitable. Literally, yeah. no joke. Yeah. I always pull people aside and ask them to read that sign yeah. because that's it. That's our only rule. Yeah. If you if you're down there and you're the coolest dude in the world and you're like, dude, I need a bottle of this, or can I get a bottle? Of this? Dude, yeah. you're you're gonna get it because we want your experience here to be rad. But we've had our fair share of artists that come through and they don't believe in that sign and they're a little bit different and yeah. it changes the <laughs> the whole environment around here. But yeah. I mean, we're gonna have some fun tonight. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing you with your full band and thank you, man. It, did did you play with Hannah? Is this your? Did you play with Hannah in we've LA? We played or? some shows before. No, I didn't do the LA show, but we've played some with TC3. Yeah, and uh, and then played some shows in town as well in Nashville. And I'm a huge fan, dude. I met her at Whiskey Jam. Yeah, um, Chris um, might have got a restraining order from stalking her. Cause <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> She can handle herself. Yeah. We were joking about it because he was like, he like literally stalked her because he's such a huge TC3 fan that he finds out whatever they touch and he just, yeah. And he's drawn to that, that, that type of person, that type of music. And it's so funny when we met her, I was like, uh, oh yeah, that's right up his alley. Like yeah. I've never seen her live. So in your words, like tell me what, what am I going to experience with Hannah Dasher tonight? Man, I, it's like Dolly Parton meets Janis Joplin. Right. Like she's so sweet. But she's also, like, got this, like, attitude, you know? And musically, she's just a badass. Like, right. there's so many 
things that I could say that set her apart. You know, she plays slide guitar. She writes all of her own songs. She can sing her ass off. Like, she's... and But that's just, like, even a side note to, like, her as a person. Like, just when she's in the room, she's, this like, the star, man. Right. And And what's weird is for me, sometimes that rubs me the wrong way. But with her, it doesn't at all because you can tell that it's just who she is. She's not trying to do anything. It's just who she is. Yeah, right. it's very genuine, very authentic. And um, yeah, I'm just a fan. I think that, you know, I think she's going to be a megastar personally. Right. So yeah. you call her Molly Parton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally could. <laughs> You should check out her Instagram, uh, Marguerite. Have you seen that? Uh uh-uh. uh. She does an alter ego. Does she really? Marguerite, yeah. Oh, wow. So she's like a, a Granger Smith and Earl Divins kind of thing? Maybe. She's- I don't know if it's gone that far, but uh, she's, she's doing it and it's pretty hilarious, dude. How, how crazy is that? Like, if I look at Granger's uh, alter ego, uh, he's more popular. Granger. Right. Yeah. Kind of, that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, we love Granger. He, he played her twice. Uh, when I tell you about the hospitality side and how we, how we want you guys to feel, this yeah. is this is our story that we always go to. Granger played here, sold the place out. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, um, came back. Um, might have been earlier this year, and he got an offer from a casino here in town to play. Yeah, and he found out that it was a casino and not a country bar. Yeah, he called his manager and said, "You do whatever you have to do. I, I want to play at Stoney's. That's cool. So man. took less money. That's really and cool. came and played here again because. Um, that's that, really cool. That's dude. what we like. I mean, the experience was obviously good enough for him, and yeah. the country bar and the roping things right down the street at the at the South Point. Yeah. So we're kind of like uh, right in the middle of everything. Last night, if, if last night was a tell, dude, this place was packed last night, and uh, it was country AF for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for spending the time. Tell people how they can find you online. Yeah, man. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all just Austin Jenks, A-U-S-T-I-N-J-E-N-C-K-E-S, and then AustinJenks.com. All right, all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead, roll credits. Recorded by Toad, produced by Toad, booked by Toad, voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. <laughs>